Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. recently released portions of an interview you gave in 2013 in which you said quote my own view on guns is everything being equal states should make those decisions no has your thinking changed since then do you now no. think there's a federal role no, to that's play? a mischaracterization of my thinking look we you. have a gun that got the biggest laugh of the night that's a mischaracterization that's a quote of you Everybody laughed. Um, Rachel Maddow's the best of those. You put her and Brett Baer together, and you got the best debate moderator team. That would be great. I think that would be fantastic. I mean, Chuck Todd is just such a wuss. So he does the whole, give me one word, one or two words, on what your highest priority will be. And the first person launches into a long sentence. or whatever. Mm. And at the end, he says, you did pretty good. And Rachel Maddow said, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't do good at all, <laughs> which I thought is great. He is <laughs> unappealing, Chuck Todd. He's terrible. He makes my skin crawl. Uh, yeah, the, and the whole senator, 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 as somebody drones on and on after being asked for a yes, no, it just, maybe there's a value in that, 
that you see somebody just won't follow the rules and comply. But then you get to a point, I found myself reacting like this, that, you know, listen, give me just three words. What's our biggest foreign policy challenge? Uh, uh, Well, I believe the United States must lead, because if we do not lead, we will follow. And if we follow, we must follow with the faithfulness of a follower. There was Madison that said. Then you go down the line, everybody does that, then somebody complies, and they say, uh, trade with China. And I find myself thinking, well, that's kind of weak. I mean, everybody else is taking advantage. You ought to, too. What's the matter with you? Right. So I, I just don't know. But, you know, what are you going to do? Cut off people's mics. That's what I'm in well, favor do, of. Do, or, or compliance belts. Do you have our opening clip around for anybody who didn't watch the debate oh, last yeah, night? This is, this is what it sounded like at, at various points uh, during the debate. And I, I also don't know how you should handle this. Maybe you just sit back and, and let them display what they are. And people get to judge that, or I don't know why you just wouldn't have mics. Your your mic is only on. I ask a question, I turn it on. When the time's up, it goes off. Right. And that's just the Simple way you do that. it. Yeah, yeah. We don't have the opening clip. Uh, we do, but we just have so many. I don't. Uh, he's okay. uh, searching for it. While he does that, let me just give you the quick uh, recap in case you're tuning in. Old uh, Kamala Harris uh, had the third biggest fundraising night of her campaign because uh, her her believers and those who were thinking about her thought she did great last night. Because uh, she did. she Yeah, she came off as quite forceful and smart. She, and is, she is the only person on either stage that I could picture matching the, the, the energy, volume, intensity of Donald Trump. Right. And not seeming small next to, to him. I, yeah. he's the only, she's the only one. I said last night Joe Biden will leave, lose five to seven points uh, as a result of the debate. He just He was not as sharp as the other people. He didn't come off as like your doddering old grandpa. But he came off as just not as good as his rep would have it. You do have the problem for Kamala Harris, though, and we've seen this, Ben. If you've been following politics for a while, it's amazing. You can you can be a, you know uh, in your in your state's house, and then you become a state senator, then you become a U.S. congressperson, and you're that person for for decades in some cases. Then you run for president, and it's not until you get to that top tier that people start to finally look into... Hey, why do you have all those bodies buried in your backyard? (laughs) Some of the things you've done throughout your life. Right. It it just doesn't happen until you get to that... And she is now going to be at that point where reporters are going to say... Uh, you said this back in, or you once you you bought an apartment and then sold. I mean, deal things that you haven't even heard about. Sure, are all of a sudden going to start popping up over the next several days, probably this weekend. Well, and about the left, her, she's going to have to answer for the it. left of the Democratic Party has a lot of problems with the way she comported herself as Attorney General of California, and that stuff will start coming oh, up. Oh yeah, I actually agreed with most of the stuff that the left hates, but um, yeah, they'll beat her over the head with that. Yeah, she was tough on crime, and I was on her side with that. But the New York Times has beaten her up bad when she first got in. I think people laid off because she didn't. She hasn't performed polling wise the way some people thought she would. No. She's been the second, the second tier. She's been the second to third tier, and just down in mid single digits. Yeah. But if she launches up, all of a sudden people are going to take a look at that stuff again. So there I was at my favorite golf course, and a bunch of my friends were eating and drinking on the patio. It was a beautiful evening, and invited me to join them. And I said, No, I've got to go home and watch the uh, the debate. Um, I may have thrown in a little salty language. I don't recall specifically. Um, but if you, like those fools, made the decision to seek pleasure and companionship instead of watching the debate, this is what you missed. 
part of Joe's generation. I'm all part of Joe's generation. Let me respond. The issue, if I may say, is not generational. Please, please. The issue is generational of this country. These issues Senator Harris. Senator Harris. I'm so sorry. We will let all of you speak. Senator Harris. Senator Harris. Please. We will let you all speak. Senator Harris. It's like watching The View, except more dudes. <laughs> so oh, um, so bad. The comic relief during the debate last night was that woman down on the left who's some sort of like palm reader or something like that. What is she? <laughs> She's a, a boardwalk psychic. So, <laughs> Mr. President, if you're listening... Yeah, she she is something. Well, yeah, we play she, a little more of that for people to get a flavor of it before uh, we yeah, play Marianne Williamson, the guru, uh, self help uh, authority, or something. Because then I want to play the impersonation, so you need to hear her first, the real her. She sounds something like this. There are many clips. I'm sorry we haven't talked more tonight about how we're going to beat Donald Trump. I have an idea about Donald Trump. Donald Trump is not going to be beaten just by insider politics talk. He's not going to be beaten just by somebody who has plans. He's going to be beaten by somebody who has an idea what this man has done. This man has reached into the psyche of the American people, and he has harnessed fear for political purposes. So, Mr. President, if you're listening, I want you to hear me, please. You have harnessed fear for political purposes, and only love can cast that out. So I, sir, I have a feeling you know what you're doing. Oh, my God. I'm going to harness love for political purposes. I will meet you on that field, and, sir, love will win. There you go. Where the hell did that come from? And there's no reaction from the crowd. It's just everybody's just kind of uncomfortable waiting for it to be over. Okay, cool. Now, uh, Mr. How can you be against harnessing love? (laughs) But so Kate McKinnon was on one of the shows last night and doing her impersonation. I've I've heard a lot of plans here tonight, and if we we think plans are going to be Donald Trump, we've got another thing coming. My plan is to gather all the sage in America and burn it. My plan is to harness the energy of babies to finally put a man on the moon. And I said to the president of New Zealand, I said, girlfriend, you're so on. And I would say to Donald Trump, boyfriend, you chill. Thank you. <laughs> oh, she's miraculous. That's, but that's uh, pretty and accurate. She had the face, too. She did the thing that all great impressionists do where they, they look down, then they look up, and they're a totally different person. Right. Which is creepy. Yeah, I found that chick a little scary, yeah. honestly. Yeah, that's funny that she was there. Surely she won't make the cut for the next round. You know, if she cornered me in a party, I'd be thinking, for a while, I'd be thinking, wow, this is so quirky. This is kind of, then I'd think, yeah, i got to get away from this. And then I'd be thinking, she's probably not going to stab me, but I am you're, a little concerned. You're going to follow me home, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, do I end up in a vat at the end of this? When I come out of the bathroom after brushing my teeth, I'll go into my bedroom and you'll be lying in my bed. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Naked. With a knife. <laughs> so, Mr. President, if you're listening. Oh, shut up! Um, wow. <clears throat> wow. That's not uh, so, high-level discourse. So I want to hit this highlight every time we talk about the debate, because people need to know if they didn't hear it. Yes, please. Everybody raised their hand for crossing the border shouldn't be illegal. <laughs> right. And everybody raised their hand for... Government health care, that is taxpayer health care for illegals. Yes, everybody. Everybody Both on the them, stage yeah. said, yeah, that, that sounds like a good idea. Essentially, there is no border, and anybody who just physically finds themselves in the United States should get free government health care. And there's no flipping way those are winning issues. 
So it'll be interesting to see how whoever the nominee is uh, massages that whole deal. I've always thought that running backwards should be an Olympic event because uh, it takes a lot of skill. They will not be walking back those ideas. They will be running them back as soon as the general election campaign starts, which is in uh, a mere 300 days or so. I don't even know. I've lost track. Um, get, no, that's probably more like, uh, what, 375 days, right? Um, yeah, but, uh, well, politics is ridiculous. There's a polling out. I meant to hit this yesterday. We've been busy with the debates. There's polling out showing the young people are less tolerant of the whole LGBTQ community. What now? Yeah, it's going a, the other direction all of a sudden. We'll hit you with some of those stats from USA Today coming up. Armstrong and Getty. for the Democratic Party. My only hope is people were not watching, and I will tell you why. First of all, on policy. Well, let's talk about the goal which every Democrat believes, which is we have to beat Donald Trump, right? So they're lined up in trench warfare, ready to get out of the trenches and charge and fight Donald Trump. Instead, they all turn their guns on each other and shoot each other. And then he got into the policy of... uh erasing the border and health care for illegals, and how that just is not going to beat Donald Trump. Right. So he called it a disaster. That's Joe uh, Joe Scarborough from MSNBC, and that's the, the Trump-hatinous, Trump, Trump-hatinous Trump show there is on anything. Right. And he thought it was a disaster, and the only hope was not very many people watched. <laughs> well, and, and we'll play <laughs> you funny. We'll play the big exchange of the night when Kamala Harris got into it with uh, Joe Biden. But the interesting part is, though, Joe Biden was seen as clearly the loser, and the crowd went crazy in the hall cheering for Kamala and the rest of it. If you break down the, the policy stuff, uh, the vast majority of Americans, if you ask them, would agree with Joe Biden on the question that they were arguing about. Yeah. So... You know, it's it's funny. You see last night in isolation, it seems one way. You, you you pull back a little bit and see it within the big picture, as Joe Scarborough did, I think, quite skillfully. Um, and, and it seems very different. But more on that to come. And you wonder how much these debates matter at all. You uh, Seriously, you can come out in favor of anything. Genocide, the designated hitter, whatever, uh, during the primary, and then completely reverse field in the in the general. Say, uh, my comments were misinterpreted. I, uh, what I am in favor of is blankety-blank, and you can change completely. That's why politics is so ridiculous. It's one of the reasons. There are many. <laughs> so do you want to do that here, the uh, exchange yeah, of the night? or wait? We'll do that in a little bit. Okay. So this was the front page of USA Today yesterday, and I think it would have gotten a lot more coverage if it weren't for the debate. Young show less LGBTQ tolerance. Surveys findings contradict image of accepting generation. I'm shocked by this. I am, too. Especially have, you know, I have three young adults as my offspring, and they certainly have a uh, a very, very charitable view toward those of alternate, uh, you know, approaches. Young people are growing less tolerant of LGBTQ individuals, a jarring turn for a generation traditionally considered embracing 
and open, a survey released this week shows. This is front page USA Today. The number of Americans 18 to 34 who are comfortable interacting with LGBTQ people slipped from 53% to 45% Wow! in one year. Is it because it's just gotten so extreme? The only age group to show a decline, according to the annual accelerating acceptance report released Monday. from It's from the Harris Poll, which is a legitimate yeah. organization. Sure. Who was the numbskull the other night on the debate stage who made a special point about abortions for transgender women? I think that was Castro. Was it? Castro made a big deal of it. Then, uh, then Cory Booker wanted to slice it even thinner and say African-American trans women. Abortions. Rights. I just wonder if young people exposed to that sort of way out there Looney Tunes advocacy why would it only are go down, tiring of it. Why would it only go down for 18 to 34-year-olds, though? I mean, if your argument is that some of this stuff has gotten more extreme, you think it would affect everybody's views. Maybe not- they're exposed to more of it? I don't know. I'm just guessing. Like I said, I was shocked by that number. Driving the dilution of acceptance are young women whose overall comfort levels plunged from 64% to 52% year to year. That's because they're looking for a man. There's too many gay fellas. No? I don't actually know. (laughs) 36% of young people say they are uncomfortable learning a family member is LGBTQ compared with 29% in 2017. So it went from 29% to 36% in one year. I almost think it's got to be some sort of polling error. I, I, just, I can't I believe know. there's been a double-digit change in attitudes in one year over this. I'm only among young people. I am skeptical. I agree with you there. I don't think it's impossible. I also know, um, and I'm, i got to be vague, but, you know, uh, there are... A significant number of people who are unhappy. They were born with the uncomfortable psyche, which is something I know a little bit about. Um, not only you know myself, but having raised three uh, wonderful, complicated uh, people, um, and and hanging around musicians my whole life, uh, I know something about people who are born with uncomfortable psyches and or or have rough lives and aren't happy in their own skins. And a fair number of people these days have decided that what really my problem is, is I'm a man trapped in a woman's body, or a woman trapped in a man's body. If I can accomplish that, I will be at peace with myself, and I will be happy. And then they try it, and they find out, oh, that wasn't it. And I think the young people who actually know these people and interact with them um, understand that that's going on. Not all the time. I'm not claiming all the time, but some of the time. And so if their friend says, yeah, I'm actually a man trapped in it, they might think, oh, boy, oh, boy, in a way that those of us who don't interact that much wouldn't. I just uh, wonder I just wonder if for, for years it was all about being uh, lesbian or gay and bi. The, the whole trans and everything else and I'm neither and I'm fluid stuff kind of got thrown in recently. Mm-hmm. I wonder if adding that in changed the numbers. If you look at this graph... So, um, are you uncomfortable with having a, your child placed in class with an LGBTQ teacher? It has gone up for every age group with the number of people that are uncomfortable with that over the last three years. I wonder if that's because of the hardcore, to my mind, fairly way out there um, sex education stuff that's being pushed on kids. I don't know. I have no idea. It's way too much, way too young. And listen, I have a fairly liberal view on a lot of this stuff, honestly. Um, but 
Oh, my God. Some of the stuff is so wildly age inappropriate that they're they're teaching kids in the public schools. I'm just horrified by it. Speaking of speaking of screwing up people. That is the most interesting thing I've seen all week, maybe. Yeah. Wow. I'd love up? to know more. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Last night's debate, Dems come out in favor of a number of controversial issues. We have Bernie's surprise admission and President Trump finger-wagging meeting with Putin. Coming up. I'm actually 108 years old. That was his admission. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> Hey, I just noticed we have Lonnie Chen on the schedule coming up this half hour, and he has prepped big-time candidates for debates. He knows what he's talking about. He is absolutely one of my favorite pundits, and this is his wheelhouse. So, perfect. On the way. Uh, right now, news with Marsha Phillips. Uh, President Trump weighed in on last night's Democratic presidential debate right after this. Raise your hand if, gov- if your government plan would provide coverage for undocumented immigrants. Trump tweeting, all the Democrats just raised their hands for giving millions of illegal aliens unlimited health care. How about taking care of American citizens first? Well, that's the end of that race. <laughs> God, you, you that may be a tad premature, but I see his point. You do that same question in raising of the hands in a lot of the places that they feel that they've got to win, your Pennsylvanias, your Ohios, and people would boo. People might throw things. Especially if somebody with any skill or ability would point out what that means. So that money you were looking for, reinvestment in your downtown, nope, it's going to buy uh, medical care for illegals. The uh, the programs for young black kids, improving your schools downtown, nope, not happening. Because we got uh, we got to pay for the free money for anybody who sneaks across the border. Hey, black people, sorry, we like brown people better. We just do. Illegal. Right, exactly. Wow. Somebody makes a point, and listen, I wouldn't phrase it like that exactly. They're dead. During the night, candidates showed their support for other things as well, like not making crossing the border illegal and getting ready or getting rid of, rather, private health insurance in favor of Medicare for all, something promoted heavily by Senator Bernie Sanders, who was asked, Will you raise taxes for the middle class in the Sanders administration? People who have health care under Medicare for all will have no premiums, no deductibles, no co-payments, no out-of-pocket expenses. Yes, they will pay more in taxes, but less in health care for what they get. Thank you, Senator. That was at the end of a fairly long exchange because she asked the question. He went off on some long thing where he didn't answer it, and she said, okay, i got to ask again. Right. Will the middle class pay more taxes? So she got him to, to say yes. A heated exchange between Senator Kamala Harris and former Vice President Biden was one of the highlights of the uh, debate last night. Harris challenging Biden on his statement about working successfully with segregationist senators to get things done and called it hurtful. You also worked with them to oppose busing. And, you know, there was a little girl in California who was part of the second class to integrate her public schools. And she was bused to school every day. And that little girl was me. This morning, Kamala Harris said there's no question she was right for holding him to account for voting with those senators to oppose busing to integrate schools. CBS Gail King asking. You're being accused of delivering a low blow last night. What do you say to that? Uh, You know, Gail, it was about just speaking truth. And um, as I've said many times, I have a great deal of respect for Joe Biden. 
He has served our country over many years in a very noble way. But we and I, he and I disagree on that. And it is a debate. This is a campaign where we should be discussing issues and there will be contrasts. Never mind uh, the idea of busing people into a good district, because I'm hardcore pro-school choice. And it's a shame that all those Democratic candidates really don't have an argument against school choice, except, well, I'm, I'm beholden to the teachers' unions, so I can't be in favor of that, because that's really the only argument against it. But if you pulled Americans on this idea, because this is what old Uncle Joe was talking about, he, and he should have seen it coming. The fact that he didn't it is, is a real indictment of him and his campaign, but... Your kid, you and your kids are informed, yeah, we are busting your kid 45 minutes down the road to the really bad school district uh, downtown. And you have no say in it. That's where we're sending your kids now. That's what he was voting against. And that wasn't popular in either party back in the 70s. And when it's this, not popular now. And it's not popular now. So it's weird that she's she's acting like... He was on the wrong side of history, right? No, he was on the right side of history um, in terms of what people wanted. I mean, you, I understand her arguments, and I, I don't know if he could have said this. I'm glad it helped you. That's great. It was great for you. But most people didn't want it in either party. Right. And or he couldn't come out and say, I'm in favor of school choice. Where if you're in a crappy school or a crappy school district, you can take your kid out of that school and, and get them to a good school. He couldn't say that, though, because the teachers' unions would have murdered him. But the fact that he wasn't ready for that, I mean, that's that's just astonishing. Or if he and his people thought he was ready, you know, they're doing a poor job at their jobs. Because his answer was very old Senator-y and not the least bit persuasive. A lot of people talking about this sidelines meeting after a reporter at the International Summit in Japan asked President Trump if he was going to warn Russia not to meddle in the U.S. election... Trump turned to Putin, wagging a finger, and deadpanned, saying, don't meddle in the election. The so, did he deadpan? Because I saw reports that he was smiling, which I thought, is he that turned, true or not? After he did that, they both smiled. He turned around and smiled. He and Putin both smiled. It's collusion! There's collusion! All right, my friends, to whatever good that would do. I mean, Obama said the same thing, and Putin just kind of smiled like, yeah, whatever. And everybody's roles were exactly reversed. And, uh, you know, the Republicans yelled and blah, blah, blah. And what I say to him is none of your business. <laughs> Snapping selfies, of course, very popular. But as we're beginning to learn, it can also be very dangerous. According to India's Journal of Family Medicine, between October 2011 and November 27, or 17, at least 259 people died taking selfies around the world. There are also How many? 259. Oh, to total. Start. Okay. Yes. 259 yeah. in the entire world. Yes. Wow. It, 259 people choked on a salt shaker last year, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's such a tiny number out of 7 billion people. Yeah. In yeah. that same article, though, they are going out of Trying their way. Trying to tie their shoe and accidentally <laughs> strangled themselves. <laughs> 300 people did that. Wow. In that, Tragic. In that same article, though, the doctors are going out of the way to report that in the same time period, just 50 people were killed by sharks. 
people who get uh, trampled or, or crushed or whatever or, or, or gored by animals that they get too close right. to to take, to take a selfie, that's my favorite kind. <laughs> I really like those where they, like, torment the, the bison at Yellowstone and right. they get stomped. Those I enjoy. <laughs> there you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Well, we want to leave a lot of time for Lon Hee Chen because he's a smart guy to talk to. Yep. And the Predictit website, in which thousands and thousands and thousands of people buy and sell shares based on their belief of which candidates are, are rising or falling. The results of that are really interesting. I'm short at Swalwell. <laughs> all on the way. I can't wait. We're going to play all their closing arguments because he really went for it with his little joke. Swalwell did in his closing, his closing comment. Ugh. That was something. Uh, all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. The Hey guys, you know what? America does not want to witness a food fight. They want to know how we're going to put food on their table. So she and she established right off the bat Kamala Harris in the debate last night that she was going to try to take charge, and she looked like a take charge person all night long. I just wanted to throw in this busing stat, and I do not want to talk about. I do not want to argue about a policy from forty years ago. But um, the Washington I get to bring up Vietnam. The Washington Post pointing out that Joe Biden's views on busing have been where America's have been uh, throughout his career. In in 1973, when Biden was in the Senate, they asked uh, they surveyed people on their opinion of busing. Five percent favored busing. Five percent. Four percent of whites. Nine percent of blacks. So about half. And because Biden. Uh, wasn't enthusiastically for that. Right. He's getting beaten up in the year 2019. Right. The difficulty of having a record. Lon He Chen joined us. Lon He is the host of the podcast Crossing Lines. Lon He Chen also David and Diane Steffi Research Fellow at the Hoover Institution as well as Director of Domestic Policy Studies and Lecturer in the Public Policy Program at Stanford University. Lon He, how are you, sir? Good to be with you this morning. So, uh, what did you make of the debate last night? Overall impressions? Well, it, you know, I think, first of all, it, it was a difficult situation for Joe Biden. It's just a tough it, – it's tough to go into these debates with, you know, 10, 11 people as the front runner. It, it's just – it's difficult. And, you know, I remember this is a position that Mitt Romney was in in 2012 when I was working on that campaign. It, it, it's just a difficult position to defend well, and Biden did not do a good job of it last night. And, and, and I think that's going to be an issue for him. The, the other thing is – you know, what these debates are good for primarily are which candidates that we're not talking about already are we going to be talking about are going to get a good look. So from the first night, uh, you know, Cory Booker was certainly helped. Beto O'Rourke was hurt. Castro, obviously. Uh, I think that conventional wisdom is true. Castro was helped a little bit. And, you know, look, Kamala Harris had a good night last night. We'll see how long it carries over for. But I, I think that's the, the most important takeaway is not going to be Harris, but Biden. Yeah. I, how long... 
Well, first of all, to your point, I was thinking about last night, uh, back to, I remember Mitt would be on stage in the middle because he was leading in the polls and he'd have everybody on the sides. And he would kind of stand there and be above it all. And people would yell at each other and stuff like that. And he felt like, you know, and then this is gradually where, the, you know, Republicans ended up. He felt like the guy that was kind of the, the grown up among them all. Yeah. Uh, you know, you yeah. had all the, the bickering last night, but I'm not sure Biden was able to pull off that Romney, I'm the grown up here thing. No, he wasn't. I mean, I think Romney had a very good string of debates in, in 2012, and that's what helped him to the nomination that year. You know, we'll see how Biden handles it. If I were a Biden fan or if I were someone who, who really was on the Biden team, there are reasons for concern about last night that go beyond just, hey, it was a bad performance. We all have had, you know, performances we wish we could do over. We all have things we wish we could do over. But But the problem with Biden for last night is, it's about more than just one bad performance. It's this fundamental question of, do you have a guy who is a 1970s candidate running in 2020? Early 1970s candidate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it goes it goes to his record. It goes to his style. It goes to how he looks, his age, all of these things. In my mind, the question is, is he going to be able to adapt to this cycle? And so far, the answer has been a resounding no and last night, I think, added only to the impression that he is completely out of step and out of touch with the, the, where the Democratic Party is today. Boy, that's the what, that's what I took away from it, too. I just didn't think he was sharp at all. Some of the most obvious things he had to be ready to parry, he could not. And it just to me, it was a little sad. But we'll see where it goes from there. Hey, listen, uh, we could talk about the you know, winners and losers, or, or I'd prefer people whose stock improved or declined. And I'm looking at predictit.org, and sure enough, Kamala Harris's stock is up uh, slightly. Joe Biden's down fairly significantly. Uh, Bernie Sanders is the biggest downward mover last night. I've got to admit, I, I didn't see that. I thought he absolutely won the sharp old guy prize between himself and Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason why is because the the, the question has to do with who's going to occupy that progressive left lane. Because, you know, the, the, the likelihood is you're not going to have more than one or two candidates at the most. And if you look at Elizabeth Warren from the first night and Kamala Harris from last night, you know, that's probably more than enough for that lane. And that's probably why the share is coming out of Bernie Sanders, because the perception is that he's competing for the same voters. Now, whether that's true or not, we'll see. But I think that's the perception. The, the other question that I would ask people to consider is this. Did the candidates do anything the last two nights that will compromise their ability to win a general election? Yes, oh, absolutely. You're a psychic. That's I wanted where to, we wanted to go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because if you out every candidate on stage say there's no such thing as being an illegal immigrant anymore, and by the way, you get yeah. free health care. No way you become president with those positions, is there? No, I, I, I don't see how you can embrace the notion, for example, of decriminalizing uh, the, the the crossing of the U.S. border as an undocumented immigrant. I don't see how you can support free health care for all undocumented immigrants. By the way, I don't see how you can support taking away private health insurance from 160 million Americans. I mean, that's a disaster in my mind. The, the, the notion, you know, and Kamala Harris, by the way, for all of her great performance last night and whatever, she fundamentally compromised herself because she's been all over the map on this Medicare for all government-run health care thing. First, she tells Jake Tapper a couple months ago, we're going to get rid of private insurance. Then she walks it back a few days later. Then last night, she's out there again saying, yes, let's take away private health insurance. She and Elizabeth Warren are in a completely 
compromised position in my mind for the general election. Donald Trump is going to beat them over the head every single day with this notion that they are going to get rid of the health insurance that you have and you like and replace it with a big government socialist-style solution. Well, it's so ridiculous of them to go there, I think. Surely they are not going to stand up in front of a bunch of uh, steelworkers or miners or whatever in one of your industrial states and say, and uh, we're giving free health care to illegals and expect to win, are they? Well, I, you know, again, this is the challenge with a primary, is that you've got to move to where your base is. And the progressive base of the Democratic Party, that's where they are, you know, and they and that, those are the people they're pandering to. Those are the votes they're trying to get. And, and that's the lane they're trying to occupy. And it, I think it's very short sighted, the notion that you go there to win the primary, but you completely compromise yourself for the general. And in that sense, I think Joe Biden, yes, he answered the question about the undocumented illegal immigrants to give them health care. He did say he would give them free health care, but he didn't go as far, I think, as the other one. So he still has the general election in mind. But boy. Kamala Harris and Elizabeth Warren are in big trouble. That's interesting. You know, I just, I, I'm old and cynical, so I see people moving to the general and just complaining, completely changing their stripes. And, you know, yeah. and the moderates weren't paying attention to the activities of the hardcore during the early primaries anyway, so they don't know or they don't care. But you think they've actually, uh, you know, stuck their stake in far enough it's going to be difficult to pull out. Well, I, I think the dynamic that makes this election different from other previous elections is Donald Trump. And I do think I have to give Trump a lot of credit because I think he is going to be uniquely able to just take a, a single message or a set of messages and just drive that thing until people are completely sick of it. But they're going to know, trust me, they're going to know whoever the Democratic nominee is, is for giving illegal immigrants free health care. They're going to know that whoever the nominee is is likely going to be for government-run health care. And, and I, I think Trump, Trump is able to carry that message uniquely, and I think it's going to damage whoever the Democrat is. I think, I think it's a big, big problem for them, guys. I really do. I did feel uh, like I, I, I don't know how they come back from it. I did feel like watching the two nights that the only person that seemed like they had the energy, the fire, the, just the stature to be on stage with Trump and Matcham was, was Kamala last night. Not Elizabeth. Yeah, maybe Elizabeth Warren. Your thoughts, well, Lonnie, you know, on, on either one of them matched up with the Tangerine Tornado? Stylistically, uh, apart from the policies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, I think Kamala Harris acquitted herself very favorably last night. I, I, I do think that she has uh, she has the energy and she has the the style to be able to compete in a different way from others. I, I just think Elizabeth Warren's going to be perceived as shrill. I, I have a very difficult time seeing her being there in the end and people really liking her. I think right. that's what my wife said. She said it's like, like her. my wife said it's like my mom's yelling at me every time I watch Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, though, is she actually believes in what are, to my mind, lunatic policies. Kamala's just pretending to temporarily and will be walking <laughs> in the back. But at least you got to give Liz credit for consistency. Um, so listen, uh, predictions are stupid. So throw in caveats or whatever you want, Alonhi, uh, but... Um, you know, if you were on predicted.org, which I'm looking at right now, the market for candidates, uh, who would you throw your money at? Two or three is fine. Um, you know, I, I, I probably would throw it at Harris. I would throw it at Warren. And, I, I, I you know, I might throw a little bit at, at Julian Castro to, to, to the point we were talking about earlier. I don't know what he's at right now, but he's probably pretty cheap still, I'm guessing. Yeah, he is. Is uh, Biden you know, uh, dead? Well, the problem with Biden is he's still overvalued, I think. 
So if you're talking about it from a marketplace perspective, I still think he's got way too much juice for somebody who I don't think is going to be there. At the you end didn't of the sell day. him short. So, Did you mean politically dead, I or would. you might pass away before the next debate? Well, I, no, politically. no, no, politically, politically. Okay. No. For let's, now. Let's, 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 let's hope he makes it through, but, 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 but politically. God yeah. bless him. Right. Lon He Chen is uh, with the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, also host of the podcast, which is due for a little update, Lon He, crossing lines with Lon He Chen. Uh, any we new- just had an episode uh, oh, last week, and we're gonna we're gonna oh, do good. another one next week. Perfect, right, yeah. terrific. Perfect. Glad to hear that. I can't wait to listen. Uh, it's always great, Lon He. Thanks for the time. Thanks, guys. We'll talk soon. Our conversation with him, and so many conversations I've seen with pundits, and Pete's name doesn't even come up. Mayor Pete. Whoops. Nobody even mentions it. Little Pete. Isn't that something? Because he was kind of quiet and uh, grown up sounding, but that yeah. doesn't work right now. Well, and to my mind, a little submissive and and just too. Little. Not bombastic enough, certainly. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This message comes from Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, destination-focused dining, and cultural enrichment on board and on shore. And every Viking voyage is all-inclusive, with no children and no casinos. Discover more at Viking.com. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.